0: and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets turns.
1: let's get into it look man oh i see wow. oh, My oh and look over there wow is that Ooh, culture uh, yes oh my goodness. Oh, wow. wow las culturistas ding dong las culturistas calling how you i am feeling? feeling
0: i'm feeling gaslit
1: wait hold on that's can we just say f- stop it all because we yeah. i asked how you feeling and you were already saying I'm feeling dot, dot, dot at the same time. I had felt the psychic query,
0: the waves from you. You were going to ask me, you were going to check in with me, and I had I had my answer rearing to go. Well, what is it? How are you? There is a video right now that is circulating okay. on Twitter of Mariah Carey. I hate it already. No, no, no. I mean, it's fun. It, it involves Mariah. So do you okay, hate it? Okay, I'm liking you hate it, it more. So there's a, there's a video of Mariah... On a on a step and repeat Mm. with a raven haired woman in her middle age. Okay, taking a selfie with her, and then Mariah grabs this woman by uh, smiles, but while she's smiling, grabs this woman by the shoulders and throws her to the side. What? It very clearly looks like this woman is Diane Warren, but the person who posts this video tweeted the 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 caption, the text, (laughs) the way she threw Ghislaine. So now there's this. The
1: way she threw
0: threw the. So now there's this. Oh my
1: god. Now
0: there's this firestorm over whether or not, whether or not this woman is Ghislaine Maxwell or Diane Warren, and people are like, "Wait, that's Diane Warren," and Diane Warren is getting up in the replies herself. Oh come on, you know she's gonna get involved. No, and this this is what she's saying. She's replying to almost every tweet that's like, "That's Diane Warren." She's replying to all of them saying, "No, it's not." If there's anyone that I'm positive has a Google Alert for her own name, it's Diane of course. Warren. but Diane is gaslighting all of us. And I never thought she would gaslight me to this level. But then I thought, you know what? No, she was gaslighting us
1: when, you know, we were talking about why did you do that And A star is born. We're like she famously she, said that's a real that's a real good song that was intended to be good. and it was. Is, intended of to course, be a good why did song. you do
0: that? and it's garbage. So I I I am, I have come to the conclusion that she is an anarchist and oh my god. Yeah, oh yeah. I just watched the David Foster documentary and she is in it a couple times and I'm like, "Diane, what are you doing?" I mean, Diane has good things to say, but David Foster that man.
1: Uh, uh, we could say a controversial figure. So you watched the David Foster documentary. I watched the David Foster documentary. I did documentary. too. Can we briefly discuss before we yeah, sort absolutely. of segue into an actual important documentary on Netflix that people should watch? Yes. Um. The, yes. But which we which we've seen, but we also like sort of in the last few days have had I guess time for the garbage that is the David Foster documentary. What were your thoughts? Well. I mean, there's a lot of great Netflix docs. There's
0: the Walter Mercado documentary that is excellent, mucho mucho amor. There's a lot
1: of great stuff, but we're talking about the David. We're, Fo- t- we're talking about the David. We're Foster. talking about the trash. Well, it's it, it it was
0: even more so than I would say five foot two or um what was the Taylor one? Oh, Miss Americana. It was more. It was like it was like it was like self PR. I, I I can't put this in more elegant terms, but it's like to end the the end the documentary on him talking about his foundation like come on and then I mean I I think what you're trying to say is it's clearly coming from an egomaniac. <laughs> I mean and we we we've known that he's an egomaniac, he's an egomaniac, but then to see it all sort of live out in this way and then when you and then when you talk to the daughters, when you see the daughters talk about him, you're like oh my God, like he was a terrible father.
1: Well, here's the thing. They don't think he was a terrible father and they make a point to say that you feel that they're being gaslit by their own father. It's not
0: gaslighting. It's just, I mean, the the equivalent would just be Stockholm Syndrome, I guess, where it's like you just sort of want to erase the trauma that you, you know your parents have inflicted oh, on you're you. You're
1: saying a lot. I want to say uh, I, if, if they believe that their father is good and they have a good relationship with him, I'm going to go ahead and believe them that he's a good father. Do I think he's a good husband? And do I think that there's a lot going on with Catherine McPhee? Yeah, I do. We got,
0: we got to talk about Catherine. Well, I don't know. Catherine, I've always, I've always been suspicious of that one. Always. No,
1: I, yes. I'm not suspicious of Catherine. I think that she's chaotic good in the world. But I will say with Catherine McPhee, I would say to her, she should watch the documentary. Because at the end when they're like, what about this marriage? And she's like, you know, we're going to make it work. We talk. And then they ask him, he says the whole time how he's a quote unquote runner. And they're like, are you done running? And he's like, Nope. And then it cuts to her being like, "We talk a lot more than I think he did with his ex-wives." And then I'm like, "Girl, I don't know." This be sounding opaque. This be sounding opaque. It's actually a rule of culture, uh, number twenty-two. Catherine Foster, Foster. This be sounding opaque. opaque. Now, I did want to before we bring um, our incredible guests. Oh, I'm in, so excited. I did so want to just briefly you. say. Um, Not to bring it down, but I have not been able to stop thinking about Naya Rivera. And I just want to say that she was such a capital T talent. And she was such an amazing, not even just on Glee, like in the interviews that you watch of her. You can tell by the way her castmates and all her friends spoke about her. She obviously was like such a force. And I stayed watching Glee for so many years after i think it was like sure. still like it's like a show to watch because of her she took i mean let's just say this the character of Santana Lopez should be on the list of the top 200 the character of Santana Lopez
0: and Britney Pierce, like those mm-hmm. were those were written to be like in the pilot and for a
1: lot of the first season like those were not written to be big roles Mm-mm. right literally they were extensions of Diana Agron's character they were just like her like uh backups. But then they fully
0: sort of formed on their own and then it's 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 Naya and um yeah, It's very incredible. clear
1: that um that character became what it became, which was really one of the leads of the show by the time it was over, because Naya was so talented and You know, she sang the shit out of some of the songs that she covered. Like that honestly is still the definitive mind by Taylor Swift is the Naya Rivera version. And I'll say that
0: the cover supersedes the original.
1: Yes. And also she covered Songbird by Fleetwood Mac on the on the Fleetwood Mac episode. That was amazing. She did a really good mashup of it was like an Adele mashup of someone like you and rumor has it that she sang with Amber Riley. That was gorge. And um, I'm I'm heartbroken that that she is not. Um, with us anymore and I just wanted to sort of give a shout out because Naya Rivera was the real deal and yeah. I feel like there was, you know, not everyone that's succeeding in this business is truly talented and she was truly fucking talented and it's a shame she just
0: but she like played this role that like was such a model for queer youth and speaking of models for queer youth i mean come on we have our guests
1: yes indeed we do have our guests
0: and we are placing the pressure on them actually we can talk about this but we are placing the pressure on them to be to be role models for queer youth and only be moral paragons for the rest of their lives and only be that for the rest of their lives and not act out of step
1: well that's the their first task is to do that and also sort of take this out of the depths of sadness where i've put this podcast episode in talking about Naira Vare, So they have a huge task ahead on the episode. Is to sort of uphold this thing as queer power couple idols. Yes. And also sort of turn it around from the talk of death. Yeah. So uh, we're stacking the deck, but if there's people that I know could just nail oh, this, it wow. is them. It's them. So we have them both, which is huge. I yes. mean, because both there's so much to talk to both of them about because they're both iconic. Mm-hmm. I'll just say for one of them, who we know from our days in the improv group? We gotta talk about
0: this. We have to talk about our transgressions, Matt, you and I.
1: I actually do want to talk about
0: this. We've got to talk about it.
1: Because uh, Nico, Nico Santos, who was one of the guests, he said to me in the beginning, he was like, yeah, I've heard a lot about you. I'm like, ah! okay, cool. Yeah, from my days as a bitch, 25-year-old on an improv group, which was fully like me just coming in with all my insecurities about being bad at improv, I'm sure I represented myself gorgeously. Um, but anyway, despite the despite the Judith of it all, um, our one of our guests went on to become a truly iconic cast member on Survivor. And I will say... One of the icons. A game changer, even. uh, Hello. And in fact, such a game changer that he was invited to be on the season called Game Changers, but prior to that was truly one of the movers and shakers of the season Millennials versus Gen X, which I believe to be one of the best modern seasons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's up there with David and Goliath. I always say, you know, if you're watching in the last 10 seasons, I always say... um, you know, San Juan del Sur I like. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. like. I like Korong uh-huh. and, uh, a lot. I've not seen Korong yet. It's really good. I, okay. I think it's great. And then Millennials Gen X, which is, has our guest. And then the next season Game was Game Changers. And talk about iconic, crazy shit that happened on that season, which, which we will talk about. But, I mean, has really he's really just taken his place in the canon and also features in to the incredible documentary Mm. that's out on Netflix right now that I am so excited for everyone to hear more about and to watch, which if you haven't already, which is called Disclosure, Trans Lives on Screen, which I watched again this morning. Just unbelievable. And we'll talk more about it. And it's it's about trans representation in Hollywood, really from the beginning of the Hollywood film industry. And it's incredibly eye-opening and I'm so excited. But he is only one half of our guest today. Our
0: other guest... Sitcom icon, film icon. Mm -hmm. You know know him, you love him from Superstore, from Crazy Rich Asians. One time... In LA a couple years ago, me, him, Joel Kim Booster were just in our little tuxes, key Keying. Sandra on. O was yards away, and it just felt very powerful. It felt like a lot of aligned energy. Um, and it was just and we were just three, three gay Asian men who worked for NBC. Um and mm. it felt it felt it felt great. It felt like some some reboot of some kind, like a Prime Destiny time Charles. whores. Primetime whores. Um so we're so excited to have our guests. Mm. And they're together in their beautiful living room with their wall Arts.
1: We'll talk about the oh wall. Oh my god. Look at my bare ass wall compared to their wall. We gotta talk about walls. I'm okay. Fucked up. So right.
0: please welcome into your ears
1: <gasps> Nico, Santos, <gasps> and Zeke Smith. Hi.
2: Hi. Hi. Hey I, love having, I
1: love having four people
3: in the, in the pod. It is yeah. nice. <laughs> it feels
2: now, this, this feels right.
3: This feels right. How are you guys? Good. We are in the midst of trying to buy a house, um, <gasps> and like we just got an outbid on the house that we loved, and now every house uh, looks like garbage, and we just wish we had like seventy-five million dollars to buy a house with. But unfortunately, our budget is a little lower than it that. is.
2: Can I just say, I yeah. thought the pandemic would sort of affect, uh, you know, would be to our advantage. No. Uh, no. Buying a home. Uh, no, absolutely not. It is yeah. like Hunger Games out there. Yep, yep. It is, it's, I want to bang my head on a wall. But the prices, the prices have stayed the
3: same. The same. Yeah, because everyone who, like us, is still renting wants to buy. Yeah. But people who own, especially like people with kids, they don't want to move right now. Mm-mm. So oh there are, there's like, Three houses come on the market every day, and we just sit in front of the computer and hit refresh. And we're like,
2: "It's been on the market for an hour. We're gonna lose it. We gotta go. We gotta see it now." I've been refreshing Zillow like it's (laughs) grinder. Just like, is there somebody new? Is there somebody new? Is there somebody new? Oh my gosh!
1: I have to say, this just happened to my boyfriend. He also put a bid in on a house and got outbid, and he's looking right now. So I have I've been intimately familiar with this struggle. I feel my heart goes out. What is the
0: scarcity thing that's going on right now? Because it's like, because the just the describing refreshing Zillow hits the same spot in my brain when I think about refreshing L.A. County COVID testing like sites. I'm like, <laughs> there's like, no nobody has anything right now. It's crazy, and yet you would think that like things, the circumstances would change. What's what? So what does this mean for you guys next? I mean, are you are you guys just you guys are you guys are just working with a a bigger budget, hopefully, or no? No, that's I don't know. Well, what I'm I
2: mean, about. we are thankfully uh, we have a little bit of time. Um, I decided, uh, you know, we decided to look. I mean, our our lease is not up till till for a while, okay. so we we have some time to to search for a home, which is great because I thought we were like, well, what are we going to do if we find a house? And we have to pay a mortgage and rent. We can't get out of lease. But it looks like this is going to be a longer battle search than we thought. So it it may be down to the wire. So I'm so glad that we started early.
1: Good, good. Another part of it too, right, is that you, in order to see houses, it's more difficult, obviously. Because in order to go into the new space, that's like a whole process.
3: Yeah. So there's no more in-person open houses. You have to like talk to your realtor and your realtor has to call someone else and they have to call a third party. Then you have to sign a document and it's, it's a whole rigmarole. Mm. Um, yeah.
1: I, my, uh, I feel bad that, but you guys, but I, here's what I know. I know you'll find a house. Yes. I know the two of you combined will harness the powers and find a home.
2: Well, listen, I mean, these are champagne problems. Um, yeah, truly. And we're very, very fortunate to be in a position to, be able to to buy a home yeah Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but
3: also we had the conversation this morning of like oh don't you just hate it when a house has a pool but it's just like a little pool and not a big pool (laughs) and you were like hold on a
1: second
2: (laughs) and like we're we're garbage we're garbage (laughs) we need to stop talking like these yeah but bitch it's
1: not like you haven't put in the work you've done (laughs) five years
2: on superstore hun i have been saving i've been saving for a very long time and i have been going to you know Putting putting in my time, I've I've done a lot of shitty open mics to be able to, yes. to be where I'm at. So yes, yes, and you're y- right. And
0: you guys deserve in ground pool, <laughs> in ground hot tub for that matter. Yeah, you guys put deserve it in, it in it the all.
1: ground. None of this above ground nonsense. No, and <laughs> you know what, Zeke. I mean,
0: if 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 Nico has done enough shitty open mics to deserve this, Zeke has done mm. enough crazy. Bar basement improv shows with me and Matt to deserve yes, this as well. Yes,
3: that's true. We've spent a lot of time in the mildew-filled Triple Crown basement. Yeah, <laughs>
0: mildew-filled. Rest in peace.
3: You have brought it yeah. back around to Judith. And to Judith. So, yes. So which is how we met? Let's clear Nico, the air. I
1: hope you don't mind if we just talk for a second about please,
2: please, please,
1: Judith. So Judith was, I would say, what what the gays in our like I guess extended circle would consider. Were we sort of like the minor league
3: gay improv team? Or at least they thought so? That the, the- oh, oh yes. Yeah. So there were two gay improv teams at the time. One was called Fancy Man. Fancy and guy. they definitely thought they were better than us. <laughs> yes, <they> um, did. <laughs> And I would say like, If you were to rate us on the scale of like who is the more traditionally attractive team, they were definitely (laughs) that. And we were like the schlubby gays, Mm -hmm. Um, but we weren't. We (laughs) had
1: like we had hotties on the team. Here's the thing we got we got people on on our team that are on television
3: now, (laughs) yeah, that's true. (laughs) But but here's the thing, well, no, Henry Russell Bergstein's a very successful casting director, but we love HRB, yes, I think we. Judith has had a better track record. <laughs> Judith, um, let's just, let's just, let's just get shallow
0: for a second. Judith had Zeke Smith, mm-hmm. Danny Lempert, J- Jason Sweeten, um, Arjun, <laughs> Seth, um Jose, me, Matt. I had such a crush on Jose. Jay, Jay, I, I, okay. And I full on, and Nico, I'm sorry to say this. I full on had, harbored a little mini crush on Zeke.
3: Well, th- we always like tease like, oh, when are we going to like make out with each other? But I think we were such too scared little babies to actually we make were, anything weren't we? happen at the time.
0: But we shared like lingering hugs.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, especially, you bitch! <laughs> <laughs> that didn't come up at
0: the NBC party with Sandra Oh, feet away. And I revealed it now for everyone to hear. <laughs> um, I think we but- were
3: too busy like trying to like catch glances at Drake and not get caught at that party.
0: Yes, Ooh. that's right. Oh, Drake was there. Yes. so you Drake were there was too. There. Of
1: course, you were.
2: Zeke there. was there.
0: Zeke also was there. also remember,
2: yeah, there. Bowen. I made you, um, I made you follow me around and and try to get me to get introduced to to Sandra O. Oh. Did we did, did did we did we do that? It did not end? happen because I got so shy and so scared. Mm-hmm. But it's okay because eventually after that we went to John Chu's house and she ah, was there after the so, Critics oh, Choice Awards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, after yeah. which which
0: Nico was nominated for.
3: Nico has been nominated two years in a row for Critics' Choice. Awards. He's a critical favorite. Critical yes. favorite. Was it um, 2017, 2018? Uh, no, it was
1: 2018,
2: 2019.
1: 2019 Ooh, yeah.
0: come, on, come, come on, new. Come on, come on now. Recency bias. Did you end up meeting Sandra?
2: Yeah, we. So we. I, I met her at at John Chu's house and. Um, she was very lovely, mm. but she and Zeke actually were having a much better connection. And even, even it's so weird because like, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with John and, yes. and there are all these like famous people that would come to his house. But I, I don't know about you, but every time I'm around like really successful famous people, I always feel like the freshman at the senior party. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, Same.
2: I don't know how to act. I act weird and people probably think i'm i'm a stupid bitch or mean or whatever because no. i just act like a, i just yeah i just become awkward so no
1: i don't I'm believe just that
2: like, i don't know what to do yeah with you're certainly
1: coming off as a real stupid bitch mean
3: awkward person <laughs> in this in this interaction no you are lovely but believe it or not i was actually talking to sandra about bowen <gasps> because it was before Sandra O oh had done SNL. SNL. And she was, like, weighing it with every... Because Ken Jong was there. And I think Ken uh. has done it before. So I think it... I mean, this was, like... Asian Central Party and I was just like the happy little white guy there Um, Mm -hmm. but you know she was like talking about doing SNL and she was like you know I know Bowen's there so it'll be pretty cool and I was like oh actually like you know I was on an improv team with Bowen Uh back in the day and our our team name was Judith and like the thing about Judith is when we didn't have all the guys on stage would be like hi we're Judith but tonight we're Judith Light
2: Ah! (laughs) And she wow, like, I love and that. She,
3: and, and, and she, and that. And she her. was in, and then we yeah. were off talking. I know, we were uh, under the influences of many substances. So we became great friends, but I don't think she'll ever remember. <laughs> no, Zeke, I was about to say that you probably pushed her,
0: you nudged her in the direction of doing SNL if you were like... Well, that's what I, he,
3: was, is I was trying to say, like, you know, she was worried about the writer's room, and I was like, well, you've got, you know, you've got Bowen, and you've got uh, Julio, and you've yes. got, you know... I, 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 I named other people um, who are, you know, Sudi. I was like, you know, yes, there are these yes. really like young, cool, like woke, awesome, funny people who are going to be able to write comedy that you will excel in.
0: She you had my, a great episode. She had a great she episode. Did. That was that was to date still my busiest episode because I wrote mm. three things and I was I was like in I it. ran out. Was that was in your SNL her. debut. It was, and I was just like, and I have not had as busy of a week since. So I am indebted to Zeke in a lot of ways. In many more ways than one. But wait, Zeke, can we can, can we close the loop on this Judith conversation because sure, things broke down over the course of time, and then I think I think m- my priorities. I was just busy with work, and I was and Matt and I were in a sketch group together. This is not an excuse, but this is to say that me and my hangups about like my own free time and like being stretched too thin. I was like, I I, I don't think I can do it anymore, and I very inartfully like sent an email the day of a meeting that you guys, that we were all having one day. And I was just like, guys, I, I I think, I think I I phased myself out of the group. And I think this email is just confirming that I probably can't be in the group anymore. And I like have like, it keeps me up at night. Honestly, honestly, like a, a professional mishandling of mine, I would say one of several, but like one of the ones that are like really like, where
1: like weighs on me. Matt's making a face. Well, no, because I I don't even think you really have anything to apologize for. I think I do. it's more me. <laughs> I feel like I do. I think it's more me because I was such a cunt. And I, I honestly like Okay, wow. I, I, I think that, that like word. Well, it's really the only... I think that my insecurities about my abilities as an improviser had me sort of, like, um, acting like I didn't... Like, sort of when I was at rehearsal, like, not having great energy, and that had nothing to do with... With and with anybody. But all it had entirely to do with me not thinking I was good or funny. But also, we're speaking a lot for what... I don't... What, what was your take on the situation, Zeke?
3: Well, I... Uh, Y'all and be honest. The, oh, be well, honest. So look, I, I, I didn't really care that y'all left the team because what happened was the team began with Jason Sweeten and I, who's a very lovely guy in a lovely. hilarious sketch. Writer. The sweetest. The sweetest. Um, yes, as his last name would indicate, he's very Sweeten. sweet. Sweeten
1: is the sweetest. Pride and we isn't.
3: just wanted to like put together a team to like have fun because we didn't have a group of gay friends post-college. Right. And so we just gathered people together. But then there sort of was like this invisible power struggle in the team Mm -hmm. where um i won't name names but there were like two guys who i think y'all know who i'm talking about decided Uh that like they wanted to be in charge of the Mm -hmm. team and Uh that this was the most interesting thing that they were doing and so it Mm -hmm. became very (laughs) serious and there were rules and meetings and all Mm -hmm. of that jazz yes and then i think what y'all figured out and when what i later followed was okay like being on this improv team that does shows in basements is maybe not like the best use of my time if I want to sure. advance in my career. Um, so, you know, I, I am, I have like essentially been kicked out of Judith because before I was outed on television, you know, I had this, you know, I had been outed on the Island and then had this like time period to come home to disclose yes. to people. And as you both know, like, I did not disclose to Judith that I was trans. Right, right. Um, right. Like, uh, that was that was not anything anyone knew. Mm-hmm. And then, there was speculation on like the survivor Reddit that I might be trans that one of the other team members read and shared with everybody else still active on the team. So but, Varner uh, read that Reddit, Reddit post? I did not know
1: that. <laughs> no, no, no. Not Varner, babe. He's talking oh,
3: about someone I'm talking on about Judith. On oh, on Judith. Judith. I'm so sorry. Um, I see, I
0: see.
3: So, I sort of got like, you know, I got outed on the island, which they didn't know about. And then no. before I had a chance to like tell everybody in a more intimate way, I got outed. And the people who were involved in that are still like the central members of the because they I don't know they do improv, yeah, but they do brunches yeah. and go to Fire Island and whatnot. Um right. so like they kept the team and I was sort of like, I'm gonna hang out with Jason and Daniel, but oh are sure. just I'm you know. I'd, I just
1: remember the yeah. energy not being great and I think that I I was kind I came in like after Bowen and so I only really knew Bowen very well this is before Jason and I were on like a mod team together so it was right, before yeah. I had really gotten to know Jason and like um I guess what I want to say to you is that had like any 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 sort of behaviors that you sensed from like myself or Bowen, like I hope that can be in like the improv past (laughs) because I know that it kind of all sort of got weird. But like I feel badly whenever I think about like any of my life from ages like twenty to twenty five, like the way I acted when I was trying to like establish myself. Um, Not that it was like actually
3: monstrous. all of us have acted monstrously. All of us were like assholes <laughs> yeah. until we yes. were twenty eight years old. Like, uh, yes, trying to theater. fight to at be least, on, a, on a
1: UCB <laughs> team. <laughs> when you actually think about what it was, it was like us, like having drama, like on between eight gay men, like trying to do make them ups to tr- try to get on a team to do comedy in a basement. It's just so funny now, looking back. Y- yes, yeah.
0: Thinking
2: about <laughs> the I reward. Mean, it <laughs> seems it seems so important. When you're first like oh, starting yeah. out your career yeah. and and trying to build something, like literally anything you could do to to move the needle forward seems mm-hmm. like the most important, most detrimental thing you could do. Yeah, and it makes you crazy. It makes you yes. crazy. Yes. Well, because
0: it's a structured. Well, I mean, it's talking specifically about like the UCB sort of power hierarchy. It's like it's a structured proving ground, and I feel like and and we can talk about. I mean, people have had this conversation before, but like have well, people, well, I'm saying Just I'm kidding. pivoting to Nico. and I'm pivoting to stand up, <laughs> yeah. where where it's like you know that's a little bit more autonomous in the way that you improve your skills as a stand up. Certainly with like with the, within a community, but it's 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 a solitary thing, and the process is solitary. But like Nico, like you probably experienced a cutthroatness that was oh, stand up is so much worse. I mean, yeah, but like what was like what was your experience with it
2: well i i feel like the like the only thing about stand up that i really loved is that um of, of course there are politics involved with with the club scene and 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 how you're going to get work in a club and how you're going to advance in the club and how to get to know the bookers and all that yeah but the, the thing that i really loved about it is that it is this thing where um, it didn't matter that I was the femi faggot
0: mm-hmm. on the
2: scene, the the, the femi gayian on the scene. Yeah. Um, as long as I got up there and crushed, mm-hmm. that was undeniable to everybody else. Yes. So all all those bros and boys, comedy boys, who were just like. Tr- eye-rolling me and, and giving me their shade, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't say shit to me because I did better than them at the open mics. No, exactly. so And so that was the only thing that really sort of kept me going is that, you know, like, they may think I'm just a stupid gay guy, but the fact of the matter is I'm getting up in these open mics and, and these showcases and I'm doing really well and the proof is in the pudding because yeah. the audience is laughing. So exactly. that was the only thing that kept me going. <gasps> And powerful. then was
1: it from doing stand up that you were asked to audition for the diversity showcase?
2: Yeah, you know, my manager um really encouraged me. You know, I had moved to LA and I was doing stand up and I was doing um I was doing the panel for Chelsea lately at the time. Yes. Oh, and yeah, I was kind of getting great. real traction. In my in my standup career, right. and then he encouraged me to to try it for the diversity showcase, and I was like, "Well, I'm not, I don't do sketch. Uh, uh, I'm not an actor. Like, I, I don't really know." It's like, just just try it out. You know, you're in LA. People audition. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took my bits and turned them into sketch characters because I yep. already do characters in my in mm-hmm. my standup, and. Um, and at first they were like, you're really funny, but we hate your haircut. I had this really stupid, this really swooping sort of gay Hitler haircut. She had a cascade. Oh, Lord. It was like <laughs> shaved and severe on the sides and then like a swoop. It just <laughs> felt like this. Every and time was, we cut, It was very, uh, just very gay. <laughs> Bowen. And and CBS hated it. And they were like, you're going to be a writer. What? And I was I was like okay, well, whatever. Just get my foot in the door. So I got in as a writer. Uh And then the other Asian guy in the cast um, dropped out because they got a writing job. It was Andrew Law. I don't know if you know Andrew Andrew Law. Oh, yeah, we know Andrew Yeah, so he was in the cast. He got a job for Seth Meyers, I believe, at the time. So he had to drop out. And so they were like, let's plug in Nico in the parts that Andrew played. And Mm. And then that's how it kind of, became a cast
1: and you popped off in the showcase
2: and then and then i had that one sketch that was really racist of course funny um and uh and that's kind of how i i guess sort of like my shining moment in showcase
0: yeah i mean god like isn't that part of isn't that part of like i'm gonna i'm just i'm gonna be specific to like an asian experience where like upward mobility is coupled with like moments of like oh this sucks like Someone like <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean?
2: I am very grateful to the CBS diversity showcase. Yes. I would not uh, of be course. where I am. Like it opened so many doors for me. Yes, I, yes, I yes, made so many connections. But I you know, I I feel like I sold a piece of my soul by doing that showcase because I did a lot of things that I did not want to do. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. asked to do a lot of things that I was like, this isn't right. Um, but you know, at the time. You know, it, it was so, it was so weird. That was only 2014, right? And it was still a very different environment than what we yeah. have now. Like, yeah. the showcase has changed now.
1: Yeah, that's the CBS Diversity Showcase. Everyone at, at listening, just so they know what we're talking about. It's the CBS Diversity Showcase, which, as Nico is saying, has since made changes to be to be a better yeah. environment.
2: The, the the industry itself has has changed so much, but mm. at the time, you know. I still was coming from that place where like, you better suck it up. You better Uh, do what they tell you yeah. because the, the rewards that are going to come from this are, are going to be great. And you know, and I am benefiting from, from that experience, but
1: absolutely. But yeah, Yeah.
2: it's, it's a, it's a, it was a bittersweet pill to swallow. Right. I mean, we
1: Bowen and I booked that showcase and then from asking people about it, decided not to do it because it was such a bad, response we were getting from people that had done it and then i think it was the year after that all of that came out about what it was like and what the culture was like and now it has since changed a lot and our friend dave mazzoni just did it last year and had a wonderful experience yes um so it's it's great to hear that it's changed it's a shame that it had to change because it was so Awful, but right. um, but it's I'm happy to hear that it's gotten better, and obviously happy that you did it so that you can be nailing it like now.
2: Yeah, and I I realize that my experience is very sort of unique in that you know I mean it it takes time to sort of build a career and build opportunities. I just I feel like it was a combination of hard work and luck. A lot of the same mm-hmm. things that I've that I've that have been given to me that I, that I've booked, I, I've just been lucky in in a yeah. certain regards. So.
0: Um I have a question for you. Was w- did John tell you to have a British accent in the movie or was that was that a Nico choice? I cuz I think your your accent in the film is perfect.
1: I, I <laughs> it feels real. <laughs> it's real. I'm like wait, Nico's wait, I don't think Nico said When this I is heard British. you speak <laughs> as you, I was like, "Oh." <laughs> when
2: you see Mateo, when you see Mateo, you're like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's that, I guess that's Nico could be an American accent." Anyway, uh, but thank you for saying that. That that, <laughs> m- that means a lot. I really no, that was that was a choice. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to stay true to the book. the book. And I also like, you know, when I, when I was developing the character, I actually was, was asking these questions um, uh, uh, to John through my agents. Like, do they want um, a Singaporean accent? Yeah. Cause the Singaporean accent is very different. Yes. There's that Singaporean British accent. It's sort of like a hybrid. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I worked with a dialect coach to sort of land on this sort of like, because because the accent I was going for, you know, Oliver is, is very much like an outsider in his own family. Yes. And and he he's pretentious and and, and wants to convey this image of, uh, even more so of, of a wealth and class that mm-hmm. that he doesn't have because he he's not as rich as as the rest of his family members. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted this sort of like poshy, snobby accent.
0: Yeah. You know, and,
2: achieved. And compared to the rest of the family where there's sort of like more natural british sure you know. tell the right. tell the tell the
3: story about you trying to speak cantonese and and who you helped find the oh accent.
2: my god okay <laughs> yes, please so i'm on the plane to malaysia i booked yes. this i booked the part i was like so excited oh my god um, i was like great um, i'm on the plane um you know, flying, flying business class. Thank you, Warner yes, Brothers. Thank yes, thank you, Debbie. Um, comfort and class. It was great. Um, and then I get an email saying, hey, um, here's the Cantonese line that you have to say in that scene. Aye! I'm like, excuse me. What, what was that? Cantonese line? Um, okay. Uh, great. No, no. I Yeah, I can totally do that. I can totally do that. And they sent me uh an audio, an audio ah. file of what the Cantonese line is. I'm like, I don't speak Cantonese. You know, I'm Filipino. <laughs> um, so I learn, I learn it phonetically. I listen, listen to it over and over and over and over oh again. Oh my god! And then after working in it for hours, I also had the realization that the dialect coach that they have is this older Chinese guy who's sort of gruff and. Oliver is fem yeah, sort of, mm, mm. you know, classy. And I'm like, I can't say it the way he's saying it because it's going to sound like a an old butch trucker uh-huh, uh-huh. if I say it this way. So I had yes. to go to my makeup artist oh. who spoke Cantonese. I was like, who was very queenie. I was like, yes. girl, do me a favor <laughs> and say this for me. And then I had him record the lines and then I listened to it, rec- listened to it, listened to it, hours, practiced it. The scene comes. It is the scene where we're making dumplings. The entire family is there. Yeah, We have uh, Ama and then Michelle Yeoh, the beautiful mm. Michelle Yeoh at the table. And then my line, it's my turn to speak. And I was like, this is my moment. I've been rehearsing for so long, worked so hard. Say it, Nico, say it. I say it. And then there's a Silence. <laughs> And then Michelle Yo just looks at me and goes, "What are you saying?" Ah! <laughs> and I just turn bright white, and I'm just like,
1: "I don't know. I don't oh know. Oh
2: my I am, god! I don't speak Japanese. I'm Filipino. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." But
1: but she was she wasn't like antagonizing she wasn't, you. She was just know. being like, "Huh."
2: that's exactly what it was it was like it was like bitch what yeah (laughs) it was i was mortified mortified she
0: can like cut you off at the knees with anything just with like a glance or like
1: oh my god well especially in that character yeah (laughs) like hello she
2: she was so amazing and and just wonderful like she could tell at a certain point that i was really nervous Ugh. As as one would be filming a movie yes. like that That's a huge with big movie. stars, yeah, uh, and a legend like her, and she knelt down and whispered to my ear just before we, we we started rolling. She was like, "Just relax, relax," and like grabbed my shoulders, like, "Just relax," and I was and I was also like, oh, "I
1: will." <laughs> yeah, that is the iconic legend Michelle Yeoh. Oh I mean, God. we talk about her often on this podcast.
2: Amazing and brilliant and and gracious and caring. She was so good in that
1: movie.
0: She was so good in that movie and whenever an actress brings her own jewelry into the production, that's how you know that you're yeah. dealing with a legend. Yeah. Yes. I
2: mean, and let me just say we also saw jewelry that she wore that wasn't in the movie.
0: And oh, we yeah. were like,
1: "Oh, oh girl, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh." One th- one thing like that I feel like gets lost in like the because there's so much to say about Crazy Rich Asians, so much people don't talk about Gemma Chan, Gemma like, th- th- like I, I w- we saw it together, Bowen and I saw it together, and I think I looked over to Bowen and I was like that is the most beautiful woman I've ever in seen in my entire life, and it's such crazy. a good actress, and yes. is it now? Correct me if I'm wrong, but this the sequel. It's it, astrid focus. It's more to do with Astrid. I I have not read
2: them. I mean, like, I... <laughs> I I mean, like, I guess... Nico can't talk about it, though. I can't talk... Listen, I haven't seen a script. Zeke, right. can you talk about I it? I haven't seen a script. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I know all the dirt you
3: want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... I think the thing is that the first movie departs pretty far from yes, how from the, the book. first book ends, right? And um, uh, okay, that I can't say, but what I can say, I'm starting to filter, like,
1: the yeah. yeah, wow, I, it's like it's
3: almost like you have an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think the idea is that they're just now going to do. Uh, what they want with who's available at the time there is to film. Like once we can film again, because I there's been, right. yeah, um, I see. I think got that's it, that's it. the big the big push forward.
0: I will. I think he, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I, I met with John r- before pandemic hit. <laughs> and Bowen sho- is the tease viller. No, no, no. But he showed me the first the first number in in the heights. And it, I'm so jealous. It, it's incredible, and I'm of so of course s- it is. And I'm so sad that it, like people aren't going to be able to see it for another summer, uh, for another year. But John, oh my god,
3: isn't he just
2: the best? The John best. The best.
3: So nice that I had met him once before, and then we ran into him on the street outside of an ice cream shop. Remembered and he you? Gave me. He yeah, he knew it. Well, he remembered that I was the boyfriend, but then he had (laughs) um a speculose like ice cream and he gave me a bite from his spoon from his cup so I could try the ice cream.
0: You know like, what? He's the a sweetest guy. That's yeah. the best.
3: Yeah. I'm just some like rando guy. And he's like, here, put your germs no. on my
2: ice cream spoon.
1: You can break people into two groups. You can share my ice cream right off the cone <laughs> or you cannot. And I prefer to be in the former group. Let's all and- share our ice creams. Of course, now during COVID, please everyone stay home and stay inside. No sharing of ice creams. But in general. Yes. In Once general. the vaccines come through, it's let's all like each other's cones. Yes. And with that, we Ooh, are gonna, girl, take, amen. Yes. Ah! We're gonna take just the quickest break, and then we're gonna talk about disclosure. Yes. So we'll be Yay. right back.
0: When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that
1: best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach, anywhere. We love to go to Europe. and we have truly traveled the world, globally and domestically.
0: I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca.
1: Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline.
0: There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too,
1: keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. You know, Bowen, I sleep well. And I know I you do. I attribute that in many ways to the mattress that I sleep on.
0: We both sleep on the Helix Midnight Mattress. It's given us sweet dreams aplenty. And the Helix lineup offers over 20 unique mattresses, including the reward-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite Collections, the mm. Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids Mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts everywhere.
1: Say it again. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress In under two minutes, your personalized mattress is shipped right to your door, free of charge. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps
0: differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences.
1: Unique girl, the way you sleep is perfect. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15-year warranty depending on the model.
0: Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Culturistas. That's helixsleep.com slash Culturistas us this is their best offer yet and it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now
1: and we are back in fact and i'm so happy that we are because this movie disclosure this documentary that's on netflix now that i want everyone to watch and i i've been telling everyone about it is unbelievable Unbelievable. Uh, zeke do you want to talk a little bit about how you got involved what it is
3: just like let us know Sure. Um, so disclosure, Trans Lives on Screen is a documentary that you can currently watch on Netflix Flix and please do. And once you watch it and are moved, which inevitably you will be so yes. moved, tell everybody you know about it, mm. uh, to to watch it. Um we we had we had a premiere at Sundance um in January, like right before things yeah. started locking down, and and that was a ton of fun. Uh we were in like the getty uh the way it works at Sundance is they turn all of, like, the restaurants and art galleries into press studios. So, mm-hmm. like, you're like, I'm going to Johnny's Pizza to take pictures for Getty. And then I'm going uh-huh. to the Who's the What's It art gallery to take pictures for Variety, whatever it is. So we're, um, we're like, in this pizza place. And all of a sudden, like, uh, uh, the Secret Service walks in and is, like, everybody on the left side of the room needs to move to the left. Everybody on the right side of the room needs to move to the right. And it's, it's very calm. Um, and then, like in walks Hillary Clinton with her entourage With Hil- yes,
1: which she was, had the Hillary movie yeah Yeah, so she yes. like
3: in walks Hillary with her entourage and everyone is looking at her and she's like hi hello yes and you're like holy shit that's, that's Hillary Clinton and yeah. Yeah. We'll she takes her now. pictures and then they, they left and you're like oh wow uh uh, it was just it was just like, oh, Hillary Clinton just walked in. But wow. it also made me think, imagine every time you've walked into a room for the past 30 years, that everyone has stopped and stared at you as you walk in. I, yeah, that's, that's, I-, I, mean, I it's I,
2: hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> Nico, <laughs> I Nico would imagine.
1: <laughs> I, I covered Sundance for Vulture the year prior. So yeah. I was there and um, it's just insane the level of celebrity that rolls through that very small, really it's a street. Yeah, no. It's uh, just that's what street. people don't get is that it's yeah. just that one like road, and you're walking by, and it's like, oh, I just walked past Blythe Danner,
2: yeah, like
3: strolling. But you went there with the film. But we went there with the film. Yeah. We had a really good premiere, and then there were all of these plans to have a theatrical release, yeah. um, to package it into sort of like an educational uh thing that we could take to schools and and to you know, oh, workplaces yeah. to educate. But then the pandemic happened. And we just really wanted people to see it. So it ended up on Netflix, released on on Juneteenth, which was Mm -hmm. intentional because the, I would say the primary focus and lens of the the film is not just about how trans people have been portrayed, but also about how black trans people and trans people of color um, have been portrayed and how much of... What we have seen uh, images of trans people, which are almost exclusively written by people who are not trans, how those images have really shaped and informed who and what we think trans people are. Not just who, like what cis people think trans people are, but how those images have informed how trans people ourselves understand ourselves. And yes. that, like. We both have work, like we trans and cis people have work to do in, like you know, untangling these image and our images in our psyches to, like, understand the real lived experiences of trans people. Yeah. Um, and so I got involved in the project about three years ago. I was at OutFest, so a trans panel on Out at, at OutFest, which is an LGBT film festival here in LA. And Sam Feder, the director, just had a rough cut of twenty minutes. No commentary. It was just 20 minutes of images from D.W. Griffith to Laverne Cox in Orange is the New Black. (laughs) And just seeing that, just watching the images and watching how one had bled into the other. And then all of a sudden there was this abrupt little change at the end. It was really powerful. I mean, that's the the same event that Laverne Cox was at, which, um, you know, inspired her to become the executive producer of the film. And... Uh, yeah I love the director he's this like great guy named Sam Fetter and he's he's a buddy <laughs> a buddy of mine we really enjoy him but it's been um yeah it's it's been so exciting for us because the documentary has been so like well received and so broadly received oh, and we yeah. just didn't know if it was just gonna get buried in the Netflix <sighs> algorithm and the you know the 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 outpouring of um, you know, uh, support and you know the the feeling that it's really touched people's lives is you know been very exciting. Uh, we're very happy to hear it.
0: I, I I feel like the the significance to the connection to Juneteenth is is probably rooted in the sort of birth of a nation of it all, which is which I think like is the seed crystal of the way that media representations affect perceptions of marginalized people. To with I mean within I was going to say to a wider audience, but just within society because that because I mean. A portrayal of a trans person, let's say a negative portrayal of a trans person will negatively affect a trans person in a way that like a racist portrayal of a person of color or a black person will negatively impact a black person. I mean, I'm I'm saying something that that goes without saying, but like that's – I mean, yeah, it does – it is rooted in that kind of original struggle of media representation, which is – which I think the movie even – like, un- like, sort of unearthed in a way that, like, really struck me, which is that, well, the more representation we have uh, uh, of trans people, then, in some ways, the more violence is enacted upon trans people. Which yeah. is, like, the chilling thing of it all, I think.
3: It is. Like, trans people have been going to the bathroom for a Decades now. Yeah. <laughs> it's only within the past <laughs> only only year. in the past decades. Oh, okay, okay, okay got it. <laughs> it's only in the past five years that like anyone has decided to have a problem with trans people going to the bathroom. Yeah, um, and that's true. With visibility does come more violence, but I think that this is like this is an inevitable hump in any sort of struggle. Is you know if you when you live in the shadows. Yes, it's technically safer, but you're not really living at all. Mm-hmm. And as you attempt to emerge into the light, people are going to fight you. But I think you know what what we believe is that we will that we will win, and we will no longer walk in fear. Yeah. Um, and you know, also how much pushback you get is dependent upon other factors. It's dependent upon you know, are you a woman? Are you a person of color? You know, so many of those other intersectional factors play a role in the amount of violence a trans person experiences.
0: You said something when the focus... I mean, first of all, yes. I mean, sorry, I'm I'm all over the place. But the documentary is remarkable in the way that it is seamless in the the sequence of footage that it shows. And then it moves from topic to topic or genre to genre or project to project so seamlessly. And then at a certain point, it gets to transmasculine representation. And you talk about how... um, Transmasculine representation isn't as, or just being transmasculine is not as scandalous.
3: Well, it's being not as sexy. Sexy.
0: Right? Yes, that might be true, but it still doesn't mitigate. It doesn't really. It doesn't take away from the oppression of a transmasculine person, even though they're not. Even though that it's 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 it's.
3: It's more. I'm gonna say. No, no here. I think the, what you're to trying violence. to to get at is um, the experiences of like the violence or the oppression that that trans people face is is split sort of whether or not you're a trans man or trans woman. Yes. Because yes. trans women face violence and pushback because they are hyper visible right um they can you know uh, people you know they're they're they are visibly read as trans or yeah. they are visible in the media whereas trans men are much less visible and also trans men you know it's sort of like you grow a beard and you cut your hair and mm. nobody really thinks twice about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But that does mean we we live in, in silence in the shadows. We don't know how to find um, other people like us. You know, you knew me when I was, you know, b- before I really told people that I was trans and part of that, Uh, the reason why is that I just didn't have any trans adults in my life. Like, I had a couple of mentors in college who helped me transition, but once, like, you know, I got to New York, I would graduated from college, all of my sort of, like, trans stuff was in order, and I didn't know how to go about being in the world as a trans person, and I was like, well, this is just a lot easier. People don't know that I'm trans. I feel Uh, a lot more seen when people don't know that I'm trans, but that did sort of, like, you know, cause a part of me to be put on on the back burner for a very long time.
1: Well huh, people say yeah. representation matters so much that it almost loses its impact but um, when you see the this... representation matters household see so. yeah, I mean <laughs> yes
3: we talk about it at least once every day uh, yeah,
1: yeah but but when you see this documentary you will understand on a whole new level why representation matters because as you were saying when you're growing up trans as everyone and there's so many amazing people that are featured in this documentary but as everyone makes clear because there is no one to look when, when you are the only example that's the example yeah. and when repeatedly those examples are i mean even in the quote unquote great films that have been nominated for oscars or the portrayals of trans people have been oscar nominated so it's almost like saying to the viewer like this was capital g good and this is what is aspirational about you know being trans or how how you treat a trans person and you see broken down in the documentary, no one piece of media has really ever gotten it right. right. Because yeah. there's re- – and even the things like Boys Don't Cry, where there is so much great about the film, they completely erase the black man that was killed alongside – Yes,
0: yes. Brandon. The two, Yeah. The,
1: alongside Brandon. And so it's, it's still even – Because there's so few examples, those are the examples that we have. And that's why representation matters because not only is a general audience watching that, but trans kids are watching that, trans people are watching that. And so as you were saying, it really influences the psyche and how they see themselves. I remember even being a cis white gay kid and thinking I would die whether by suicide or AIDS because that's what I was told. You know what I mean? So I can't even imagine like only seeing something like The Silence of the Lambs. You know what I mean? Like, while it's an in, quote-unquote incredible film, Oscar-nominated, it still was a depiction of a trans person that was a serial killer. Yeah. And because there's so few examples of trans people on screen, people see that and they think, well, that must be what trans people are. And it sounds crazy now, but that's the reality. And that the film does an incredible... Uh, job of showing that and making people understand that.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, so. Jen Richards is this genius, incredible, incredible. She's, She's, She's incredible Super cool, incredible. Yeah. Um, and she has this this line in the documentary, which is like the way we fix this is we just have more because if you yeah. have more trans representation that is like ideally written, directed, and performed by trans people, then like when someone does something shitty you know, a piece that has like a shitty trans character, it won't matter as much because it will be diluted by the rest of the good representation. Exactly. Absolutely. And I just, it's so,
1: it really is emotional. Like when when they get to the point of the documentary, when you see the credits of Orange is the New Black start to come on, like the opening credits, the iconic opening credits that we all remember so well from the first time we started watching it on Netflix. um, Because you realize like, you know, while it was about a woman's prison, you know what I mean? And it, like, so, so even with that, there's like, you take the good, you take the bad. We still got really one of the first like humane, like fully rounded representations of a trans person. And it it, it wasn't portrayed by a straight actor, you know, it was portrayed authentically by a trans person and just how huge Sis that actor, was. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. So it was the trans role was not portrayed by a cis actor. And yes. even
0: with even with the Candace Kane and Dirty Sexy Money of it all, like the fa- like how soul crushing is it? Does it have to be to like get all amped up to watch like your TV debut or just like your network TV debut, and then to have them lower your voice by octaves? It's like oh my god, wait a minute, like even after you do the job and even after you're like on set and like, that's a fraud environment where you're like making sure you do a good job. The camera's on you. It's your, it's, you know, it's, it's your coverage. You do it. And I'm sure like she like was going through a million different emotions in the production of that. But after the fact, after you wrap, someone else can still get their hands in there and fuck it up. I don't know. A it's betrayal. Like, yeah, a betrayal, a betrayal of the highest. And order. to
3: not, to <laughs> not even get a phone call, like no. a heads up, just like, no, this is happening.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um, speaking of betrayals, I don't know. Is this a dumb segue? Well, I just want to talk about. Okay, you've you've talked to death about this, I'm sure, Zeke. But the 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 speaking of disclosure, I mean. How do you how do you look back on this now? I mean, now that you have even more distance from it than you We're did, talking you were about. Sicko.
1: So first yes. of all, I almost feel bad that like Ze- Zeke's survivor experience is boiled down to this thing that happened, and 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 I because Ze- Zeke, you are an unbelievable strategic survivor player, and that needs to be and you fucking know that. And he went after he went after Sandra Diaz Twine, and he he did not <laughs> miss. I, I am the original <laughs> Queenslayer. I'm the, you I'm the are the Queenslayer, and I want to talk more about more about that, but but I I Bowen is, is asking about Jeff Varner's outing of you sure yes and, uh, and just like how, what that because it is really it's an iconic moment in television history for LGBT people I was wondering if that was ever like discussed as being part of the film because I was kind of surprised to see that it wasn't included
3: yeah so uh, there I think there was like a segment about my being outed in, in the film until like one of like the later cuts. It was one of the last things cut. Um and I haven't seen it, but some argue it should have been in the film oh, still. I feel, I, I feel I felt like it was missing. Yeah. I you know, I'm trying not to be a diva about these things because it's for the <laughs> yeah. community course, and the yeah. youth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I, the, I, like I mentioned, the director is a very close friend of mine and he was explaining that, you know, sort of the significance of my time on survivor is that, you know, much like in other media, the trans person is outed, but in my instance, people didn't, you know, vomit or have a violent reaction. In fact, everybody like stood up and defended me and the, the bad person was not the trans person who did not disclose their yes. gender history. Mm-hmm. It was the person who outed me. Um, and yeah, so like the focus was not so much on the trans. Like, and that's true. Like my my trans story on Survivor was more about like, oh, hey, everybody rallied around me more than it was like Zeke got outed and damn, he found 17 idols and triumphed and won the mm-hmm. show. Because mm-hmm. um, that's not what happened. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I guess to put some context to go in. I was on survivor about three years ago. I did Mm -hmm. two seasons back to back. So I did one. And then two weeks later, I went back and did another one. And in the midst of that second season, I was outed as transgender and that I was transgender made global headlines when (sighs) it aired. Um, And, as to how I feel about it, I don't know. It's weird. Like a lot of Survivor, it just sort of feels like a fever dream. It feels yeah. like this thing I'm pretty disconnected from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I sort of feel two ways about it. One is that like I I am very proud and I will always be very proud of how much of an impact that moment made in the lives of so many trans kids and their parents. Um mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I get a lot of emails from kids and their parents, and those always are super meaningful. And I also get a chance to talk to people who I don't think had an opinion one way or the other on trans people and now are like, oh, I have an understanding of what trans people are, and I would like to be supportive of them. I recently got an Instagram message from uh, a trans dude in the army, and he was like, um, he had to go meet with his co- new commanding officer and he was like, Oh God, the commanding officer wants to meet with a trans guy. This is going to be a whole thing. And he walks into the guy's office and the guy's like, so like I watched survivor. I saw Zeke. I get it. Just wanted to let you know you're cool. And you're like, Oh, all right. Like wow. that. Yeah. Wow. Like, if you can, if you can, you know, if my experience can make other trans people's lives like easier and, and that there are like fewer hurdles to jump through, then like, I am very proud of that. Um, I I do have misgivings about the ethics of how Survivor is made.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I hear that, and
3: I I I totally I I wanted to
1: ask you specifically about um the way that they treated it on set. I wanted to know when it happened. Did they was there any conversation about? Was it up to you whether it would be included um, or was it just kind of like this is going to be included and so let's take a second and you decide the way you want to respond? Like what what happens during a reality television show where this thing that's going to impact your life in such a major way goes down and then you have to continue?
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, he he said what he said and I'm pretty Quite, I'm quite confident they knew that, that that was going to happen before I worked into tribal council, though I didn't really. Know. I, I'm pretty sure, he, yeah, he was alluding to it or had explicitly said that he was going to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, so we walk in there and it happens and it's just, it was very emotional. So everyone is just consumed by the moment. And I sort of like went into a state of shock and like didn't talk for <laughs> almost like 45 minutes. But everyone around me was sort of like, I was like, okay, what, how do I need to defend myself? Mm-hmm. And then everyone just like around me was saying the exact right things that needed to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of like came back to and was like, okay, how can we like kind of just like put a bow on this and wrap it up? But it was just, it was very real. It was very like real two and a half hours of everyone's life that was very emotional. And there would have, like the, the, there was no natural pacing to stop it. It's not like, And nor, nor is that Jeff's style, right? If Jeff is very much survivor being about the culture and what happens is real and yada, yada, yada. Um, And so it happened. And then I had an interview the next morning about it. And then it was basically like, we all said like, okay, we're just going to pretend that this didn't happen. Um, Which like is the best thing you can do in survivor going forward. Right. Because now I became a target because like I had a story. So after it happened, there was no way I was going to win anything. And also like no one really like appreciated that something really terrible had happened to me and that I was Mm -hmm. sort of like spiraling out of control emotionally. Like it was, there were very bad things happening inside my head, but we just like, no one was talking about it. So like mercifully I get voted off like 11 days later. Mm -hmm. And then like the next day I'm talking with the therapist and the show therapist. And she's like, so we're going to put you in therapy when you get home. And we want you to find someone expensive and we'll want you to go once a week. And I was like, okay, great. And then like a a day after that, I was having conversations with Jeff about like, we're going to make this a really important moment. And if you can just play ball with us, then we can Mm. do great things. We can do people magazine. We can like, I have this vision and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to fight for you if you can play ball with us. Mm. And that's sort of what the conversation there was never like, can we air this? How should we tell the story? It was more like a pitch from Jeff being like, Hey, you want to be my friend? Let's, let's do uh it this way. And I, I wanted to, to be his friend because when you're doing a reality show, it doesn't, you know, you sign a contract. It's basically like guaranteeing them to give you your first firstborn and then they can kill you afterwards. Right. Like you sign away Uh all of your Uh rights. Uh Yeah. And, they put you in a position where you're made to feel really disempowered, like yeah. you don't have any control over anything. And I had been living in Survivorland for essentially four months at that point, right. so it's not like I got back my autonomy or you know, like uh, typical like r- you know, rah rah power Zeke. Um, that would be like fuck you. This is how it's gonna go. I was yeah. just like, okay, please just don't make me look like an idiot.
1: Please just please right. just right. Yeah, because because essentially you are at their mercy because they're editing it. Yeah. And you don't want to say, uh, no, I'm unhappy with this. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Because, again, you've signed away your rights to that. So really, it's sort of like a courtesy that they're even coming to ask
3: because ultimately they're going to edit it however they want. Right. And you just have to be grateful and, and say thank you. And that's what I did for a very long time. And um Uh, so if you're not a Survivor fan, you probably don't know that in um, season 39, which was the Survivor season in the fall, there's a young woman who was like repeatedly sexually harassed and they handled it very, very poorly. And I can tell you that I was treated very differently than, than Kelly Kim, who's the young woman who had to endure the repeated sexual harassment. I was treated very differently than she was. And I think that, a large part of that is I was always willing to play ball. And also I'm white and I'm a guy. I, mm-hmm. I think that those play a big role in, in us being treated differently. Anyway, sorry to go on this. Uh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I, I, I think it's
1: really important because survivor has such a general, you don't get a more general audience than yeah, that. Right. So the way that they handle something like that is really important. And it, I also wanted to ask, so what happened to you, the outing that became a major story point for the eventual spoiler alert winner of that season, who was officer Sarah Lucina on game Mm -hmm. changers. Mm -hmm. She really, really gave her a moment um, to say that she had sort of come around and had like now understood in this moment of this all happening. And she had made a personal turning point. And I think that was obviously baked into the edit because they knew she would win. Um, what is your opinion of her and the way that they sort of gave that moment to her?
3: Um, So Sarah was my closest ally and my closest friend Um, during that season. Mm -hmm. uh, There were people like, you know, Andrea Belke, I knew outside of survivor and we, we weren't that close, you know, Sarah and I were very tight and Mm -hmm. I uh, I, allies on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I do think that is, um, that that is accurate as to how she felt in the moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, we continued to be friends. I remember it being very perplexing because I I loved Sarah so much. I really lobbied hard for her to win. Mm-hmm. And because um, I was like, oh, we have this like beautiful friendship, even though we, our political beliefs don't align and we have, you know, different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And then I remember she like walked into like dinner after the final tribal council, after we voted to give her a million dollars and she was wearing a MAGA hat. And I was just like, oh my God. But for her, and I think this is true for a lot of the police officers I know, is that like they have this like this cognitive dissonance, this like split in their mind where they can have friends who are LGBT, they can have friends who are liberal, they can have friends who are Muslim or whatever, and they're like, Oh, these are good people, Mm -hmm. but I'm still gonna vote for Trump because of these like external political beliefs that I have.
1: Right. It's really sort of confounding because she gets such a heroic narrative on that show.
3: And in season 40, she has this big speech about gender bias and is like right on and very articulate about it, like has this like feminist monologue. And then you're like, but how are you? How do you not get the rest of You have to think the
1: police officer thing runs deep. It does. Yeah. So that's really... But anyway, I had to ask about all about about that because I was and I really was wondering why they didn't include it in disclosure. I really was because it was such a I mean, I think it was one of the. it was so many millions of people watching it.
0: Yeah. But the impact was was the scale of the impact was significant.
1: We need to take a quick break and then ask the question.
0: There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly Try new bubbly burst. Hey Los Culturistas listeners, we're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting,
1: so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion.
0: It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas.
1: There's a lot of pressure around gift I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing.
0: Me too. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing.
1: Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So. Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the
0: pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now.
1: Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
0: With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time.
1: You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And
0: what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective.
1: Titanic is NYC's Funniest Night Out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live
0: Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. And we're back. So we have to ask our guests the question. Nico, let's start with you. This is the question, what is the culture that made you say culture was for you? This is like the formative thing that pushed your life into a cultural direction. Does that make sense, Nico?
2: Um, kind of sure uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like 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 a formative um thing that you probably saw growing up or you read or like a person who you probably sort of uh imprinted on very quickly.
2: I would have to say I would have to say uh, <laughs> you know it's the the I'm much older than all of you oh uh, no yeah. <laughs> Um, The Wonder Woman TV series with Linda Carter. Yeah. Linda. Yeah. With Linda Carter. So like when I was growing up in the Philippines, they would show reruns of it. Uh Um, And I just remember as a little kid being so fascinated by it. I'm just like, who is this statuesque white lady who is fabulous. (laughs) And then Uh all of a sudden she starts spinning and Explosions! She turns even more fabulous. I'm like, yep. oh my god! I really was so taken by her, and uh-huh. the theme song was amazing. Um, Can you perform it? The looking for you, and the <laughs> power you possess. Fighting for <laughs> our eyes in your satin ties, and blue. Oh, yes.
0: the vibrato.
1: <laughs> thing. <laughs> that is a natural vibrato, right there.
2: I was obsessed with her. So, probably why it turned out uh, the way I am. Yeah. I, well, I have a question. What do you think
1: of the adaptation that is Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman?
2: I actually really like it. Me too. I like huh? it. I can't wait for the 1984 one. The second one that's coming out. It right. looks so good. Yeah, because I think that's going to be more of along the lines of the, the Linda Carter. You know, right, because in this same era. So I'm more excited for that.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they did the first one so they
0: could do the second one. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that this is the full realization of it. But did, did that like open the door to like other comic books or was it exclusively Wonder Woman and Linda? Oh,
2: no, I was a huge... Huge comic book nerd growing up. I was like, I collected uh, comic books, I, you know, X-Men, and I was like Marvel and DC. I had mm-hmm. like signed comic books by Jim Lee and Art Adams. I played ah. Dungeons and Dragons. I was like mm. a huge okay. nerd growing yes. up. And then when I moved to the United States, I kind of was like, well, um, I need to reinvent myself because I was a huge <laughs> dork. So what do I do? I joined the drama club. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Which, you know. And what kind of productions did you stomp the boards in? My first role in uh, Centennial High School in Gresham, Oregon, was I was a Nazi in The Sound of Music. <laughs> I had one Come line. Come on! Aldrich, blocked the driveway! No! Oh! You're well-
1: they
0: did. He, they did block the driveway. <laughs> they, did block they followed
1: the, the
2: command.
1: Um, okay. So that did it, did it sort of progress into more leading roles?
2: Uh, <laughs> then junior year, uh, also a sophomore year. So I was uh, Nazi in Sound of Music. Then I was Dr. Anagnos in The Miracle Worker. And oh. then I was Tauntaun Julian in Once on This Island. My all white high school in no! Oregon, and of course it had to, to be. Do once in this island, and there were only three people of color in it: me, the the lady who played Timoon, thank and, God, and uh, the woman who played Asaka. Was Timoon? Was Timoon a Pacific Islander? Yes, yeah, she was Hawaiian. He's, okay, so good. Hawaiian. Thank goodness. Um, and then um, and then I was not cast in the play, which was a huge scandal. I was, st- I'm still very hurt. What was the uh, play? It doesn't even matter if Nico wasn't in it.
1: Oh, Neil Simon, Simon. whatever. Oh, who cares?
2: Yeah. And then we did, I also played like the officer in Musical Comedy Murders in 1940.
0: Oh, that's Mm. a good one.
2: And then I was the modern major general in Pirates of Penzance. There we go.
0: (gasps) That's an impressive run. And then when I got to college,
2: my acting teacher was like, you can't act for shit. You're never going to be an actor. And so I switched to comedy. And they design. got
1: in your head, and that's why you were doing stand up, saying I can't act, I can't do sketch. And so the, I, but I blame it on that college theater I teacher. I fully,
2: fully took their words <sighs> to heart. Oh, and who, uh, who else who has
3: recently started on NBC heard that same advice from that same program?
2: Mr. Bone Yang.
3: I fr- from from my
0: high school teacher. Wait, but Zeke, did I? Did we? Have we been over this?
2: No, no no this is a this that's is different. different so i went, to, I, went oh. to, I went to college with darcy carden oh, oh that's right yes she's talked about this yeah and and i think she had a little bit better experience than i did but i we were both told by the program that uh
0: so funny right and, so then, funny. and
2: then the first season of of her show and it was the second season of superstore we were she visited set and we were like can you believe we are on back-to-back shows on NBC and that college (laughs) in Ashland Oregon was kind of like yeah you guys yeah
1: and not even that but critically acclaimed like Critics Choice Award nominated both of you both of you
2: it was crazy it's crazy how life turns out yeah okay okay honestly
1: that's gorgeous and now we turn to Zeke Zeke what was the culture that made you say culture was for you
3: so mine was the film The Three Ninjas.
1: Oh. I, which I don't okay. know if you've
3: seen. Wait, is can you explain the plot because I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. So the plot is that there are these three boys who have a Japanese grandfather though yep. they don't they don't show any indications that they had a Japanese grandfather and they go and they learn karate with him in the woods. And so they're like these young, three young ninja warriors and their father is an FBI agent and he's chasing down an international arms smuggler who, although he is selling like enough, like bombs to start world war Mm three is protected by a group of like Guys in ninja suits who are clearly white and carry swords, but not (laughs) guns, and can be defeated by children. And so the, like, uh, the... The bad guy, you know, the the arms dealer kidnaps the kids, but the kids like fight back. Um, And yeah, that's the. Yeah, when you said this,
1: I was almost positive I knew what it was. And I was taken back immediately to this (laughs) moment where I remember being so obsessed with that film.
3: Yes. I um, am particularly obsessed with the character, Tum Tum, who is the youngest of the three brothers, and he likes to both eat. And do martial arts, which were two of my favorite things as a youth. I actually went to the Taekwondo National Championships in Orlando, Florida, when I was about 10 years old. Um, because this inspired me to uh, do Taekwondo. Um three ninjas Uh, did the three ninjas did yes wow and because you know as a trans person i did not like the name that i was given at birth and when i watched three ninjas i was like three or four and i so hardcore identified with tum-tum that Uh i insisted that people call me tum-tum for a very long time like so long until people had to be like you we can't call you tum-tum anymore (laughs) like this is not gonna
1: honestly call me tum-tum title of app. call me (laughs) tum-tum Call me Tum-Tum. <laughs> Call me Tum-Tum. That I I just remember. It was one of those movies. I think I had it again when like, I don't know, like the first High School Musical came out. But like, I remember being like, I love this and don't exactly know why. But I think there is something about like, like that, like we're boys, but can take on the world. Like yes. there's something about like that narrative, which is just like so fun. The fact that they were brothers. I just remember it, it felt
3: like more than a movie it felt like a manifesto is really what <laughs> yeah. it felt like it felt like a guide to life <laughs> <laughs> but it's so life. it's so worth going back and rewatching because there's like the dubbing and the shitty action and the plot holes like yeah, all it's of still it. great and fun but also has the like like a, it's good cuz it's bad sort of fun right. right have you looked for it recently do you know where people can watch it uh i actually just watched it part of it at least this past week, because uh, a <gasps> friend had owned it on his iTunes account. How did you do oh, this? Oh, wow. Oh, is I, uh, he has it on iTunes. Okay, great, great, great. You, you, you so can buy it, 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 it I also own it on DVD and would be happy to send it to you. Yes,
1: Honestly, <laughs> let's do it. Because you'd be shocked. Like, when we had Alaska Thunderfuck on the show, her I Don't Think So Honey was, I Don't Think So Honey that you can't watch Spice World anywhere. Yes. Some of the best movies of all time, and I do include that, you can't watch. Yeah. Like, Alaska said it best. If you want to
3: watch Spice World, you can't watch it. It is nowhere. I, I, I own several DVDs that I bought, like, used on Amazon of movies like that because one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies before it sort of got, like, uh, re-entered the zeitgeist was Dropped it Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. The best. So, I actually own two dvd copies of drop dead gorgeous yeah because
1: god forbid you lose one at least you have another one cuz you can't watch it anywhere else well now always you can N- now it's always, always prepare always prep um <laughs> always prep pre- every always. day <laughs> prep. prep but every prep day. each day it's actually rule culture number 100 prep, prep each, each day. day but that is so those like niche movies that are the best like you know what you could not watch anywhere until recently glitter
0: Right. Well, and you what, what platforms not... is it on now? HBO Max. I see. God bless. And I mean, I don't consider Brandy, Cilera- Brandy Cinderella to be like on the platforms because it's just YouTube, and it's got like the VHS sort of like patina on it. Do you know what I'm but saying? But why
1: isn't the Brandy Cinderella on Disney Plus? I don't know. We don't know. We simply don't know. And I have to say, I, I don't have this as my I don't think so, honey, but it could be, which is I like Disney Plus, but I don't think so, honey, that Love Victor was moved oh, from yeah. Disney Plus to Hulu because I watched all of Love Victor kind, kind of because it's quarantine and I was like, I'll give this a shot and ended up really liking it. And but one thing I have that's a my a huge problem is like it's perfect for disney plus it's it's just so it's it's not like the kid is out fucking he's not doing drugs their whole problem was it's not we're concerned about the family values of it all and i'm like i'm sorry but correct me if i'm wrong you can watch avengers and Thanos gets his head fucking ripped off don't give me we just watched avatar the other night and there's like full scenes of war in it so don't give me this family values bullshit.
2: Mm. You know what I appreciate about Love Victor? Um Natasha Rothwell yeah. who Hello. is in the movie and The star
0: of Love Simon, yes. Yes, was in
2: Love <laughs> Simon and in Love Victor. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, in the movie, the style of the movie and, and the acting in the movie is very different from the style and the acting of, of the TV show because it's it's a Disney
0: show. Right. Yes. So
2: Natasha like adapted her acting style and the way she was. It's very different from her character. Like in well, the movie, she movies. becomes the principal. Yes, yes. yeah. Spoiler she alert: becomes She principal. becomes the principal. But of also, Mom like Victor. her, her the, the rhythm of her acting, the, the way she speaks on the show, is very Disney esque. And I love the fact that she tailored her performance to mm-hmm. a Disney format. She because gave you, the Disney you know, you moment. have to adapt. That is a Marvel oh, you- artist. and that's actually real culture
1: number 50 you You have have to adapt adapt. that's That's the the mark mark of of a true true artist artist.
0: and Natasha and this all goes back to I mean Natasha is in Wonder Woman 1984 Mm -hmm. is in Love, Simon in Love, Mm -hmm. Victor Insecure, of course. I mean, she is.
1: She will bring Natasha to you wherever she p- shows up. She's like, an you know. empire. We have to get her on the show. We have I to get her just want
2: to watch her and everything. So and she's everything.
1: truly great and has been truly great from the beginning. I mean, we know from being like UCB boys, but like couple skate, baby.
3: Mm. Couple skate. I I did it once. Did you ever do it, Zeke? No, I have. A, I have beef with Dan app, so it never worked. Oh. <laughs> Dan.
1: So so he there doing? are still some improv beefs that exist. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Dan
3: Hodak. But Hoda. not this one. Was he in Fancy Man? No. no. Dan Hodak coached Judith for a while. Yes, and he when, but he was gay. But he was not out and we he did not out. know no. that. We did. We just thought he was a straight guy. And Wait, we would, did you just out him? What's going on? I, okay, you know
0: what? No, I. This will be cut. He is he now. Is now. Good. Oh, good. He is now. Good, good. He's but gay, but he's gay. But we used but. to like.
3: He used to come to dinner with us, and then we would go to gay bars, and I would tease him about like being the only straight guy in a gay bar, not knowing he was deeply closeted and was trying uh-huh. to put his foot out the door, and then he he did not like me, regardless. <laughs>
0: Wow, <laughs> and that, that is and that blacklisted you from that cu- you from couples couples Couple ski. Ski, wow. Yeah, wow, wow, wow.
1: I can't believe this is like the third episode in, episode in a row where I've been like, "Love Victor's good," but here I am. <laughs> uh, you
3: liked it, Nico.
2: I, I liked it in <laughs> certain parts. Yeah.
3: <laughs> did you watch more uh, than the first episode? I finished it. Oh, I finished I, it. so did I. It. Yeah, I finished
1: Bo it. Bo and Yang watched the last episode I with me. I the last and episode he, and I, he, I enjoyed He was it. into it. Yeah. How but, good is the lead actress Rachel Hilson? So I, I good. thought she was great. Yeah. She's I,
2: amazing. D- are those are the guys in it queer? No. Victor is not.
0: Victor gonna is going to have going
3: to have to hold hold my but breath he, on that one. But <laughs> he did he did talk to his gay cousin when forming yes, That's he did. right. <laughs> did you see it? I mean there there was there's
0: was, there's there was a there was a tweet that compared two headlines from Vulture where one was Guy from Love, Victor talked to his cousin about, his gay cousin about being gay. And then the other one when Love, Simon came out was Guy from Love, Simon talked to his gay uncle for about being gay. It's like, come on, you
1: guys. It's <laughs> actually wonderful for these straight actors that have <laughs> gay relatives to be, you know, represented on screen. Oh, I mean, oh we, we need more straight people with gay relatives that are distant on screen. Yes, yeah. the, as
0: Jen Richards said, the word is more, more. for yes. straight actors with gay relatives. Representation
2: anyway. matters, you guys. Wait, it really matters. quickly,
0: before we move on to I don't think so, I, don't think so I do want to bring this up. I want to talk to Nico about this because I am like, I am constantly in an argument with myself in my head. It's not even an argument, but I'm just like, I hate this thing that Nico, I I don't know if you've gotten this, but I am like the pincushion in a lot of ways for people who just like get in my DMs and say, oh, like what you are doing is damn it. It's like men's rights activist Asian guys who are like. There's this conspiracy in Hollywood that is only meant to uplift queer Asian men who are femme, femme Asian men, because it buys into like hegemonic patriarchal ideal or like white supremacist supremacist ideals of like Asian men being these qualitative things in general. And I'm just like, but wait a minute. Oh, but the line is there's so many representations of effeminate Asian men on on in media. And I'm like, wait a minute it took me a second to be like, that's actually not true. Like you can count on one hand the amount of like Asian male representation, roles, moments, whatever, that are actually like outwardly queer. And it's like, you're one of them, Nico. And that's that's great. I'll I'll count myself as one of them. But it's like George Takei, maybe. But it's like, but
1: it's Alec not Mapa. this. Con-
0: Alec Mappa. Oh, we love Alec. B-Deep. Mm-hmm. B-Deep. Well, but it's like, it's not this thing that would constitute like this conspiracy against yeah. Asian masculinity. And first of all, that is like couched in its own femphobia, in its own homophobia.
2: Are you getting these messages from Asian men?
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I feel like, and you might relate to this, Nico, I feel like to be a femme Asian guy in entertainment is to get it from sort of all sides or from both sides at least like you get some heat from Asian men who are like hey you're eroding like these these like masculine representations in media and you're getting it from like white people obviously but it's like I'm I'm getting to this point where I'm like it's actually fucked up and it's a myth that it's it's just anecdotal, right? When someone yeah. says, "Oh, but like it's a cl- he's just playing a cliche sassy Asian guy," I'm like, "How? Like, but what? Like, tell me what that cliche is. Point me to the actual moment where you saw a sassy Asian gay man roll their eyes. Besides, like these people that I've named,
2: I do get messages like that, um, or or just like, oh, like. Mateo and Superstore is like so stereotypical and I'm just like but but what's but like but, but like, I'm how? like that's just who I am like that's exactly. I'm I'm just a femme leaning I, actually the, the thing about and I truly consider myself like there are days where I act more masculine and days where I'm a little more feminine yes! um and I I just sort of like go in between but you know I, I mean when I'm sort of like in a more excitable mode i i do I'm, I'm just more femme leaning and yes. i just hate it when when people are just like you're just playing another stereotypical gay asian character at every exactly every portrayal of a of a, a asian guy out there is like a gay asian guy those are the only actors but that's that get but worked. that's not
0: even true it's
2: not but it's not that's true. not
0: that's the anecdotal thing that slips in and like and like people assume that that's the right thing and it's like but wait a minute no like we haven't seen enough of this. Okay, let's say it is a stereotype. It's not being represented in media, at least.
2: Yeah.
1: I
0: don't what, know.
2: The, the question that I hate the most, that I also get asked a lot, is like, are you tired, or, or do you ever feel like you're being pigeonholed by only playing sure, sure. gay roles? And uh-huh. I'm like, no, I actually have no interest in playing straight roles. Mm. None there you go. whatsoever.
0: There you go. I Boring. feel the same way.
2: I don't want to play... I just, I, I just want to play roles that... There's, there's representation matters. There's so few of us out there, and I only want to play roles that that look like me, that speak like me, that speak to my experience. Like, yes, I could care less if I don't win an Oscar for playing the Elephant Man. You know what I mean? Like, Mm, who cares? Although you could, I mean, (laughs) sure, I I would see that production. I think again, she
3: is a (laughs) two-time Critics' Choice nominee. (laughs) Come you on. can go
1: fuck yourself, college theater professor. <laughs> Wait, I, have, I I do want to ask though, Why do you think these people are saying that? Do you think it's anger that they don't see straight Asian men represented, or do you think it's homophobia? What do you? Th- where do you think it's coming from?
0: My theory is that it's pure homophobia, but it's like couched in these. Um it's It's Trojan horsed in this like thing of like, well, we just want a positive representation of Asian men mm-hmm. of yeah. Asian men who are not like neutered or whatever. And I'm like, okay, f- fair. I hear that. but you have you have these representations that you are kind of ignoring and erasing mm-hmm. just to snipe at me, let's say, because it's like you're you're gonna like say that like John Cho and simu Lu and Steve Young and like. And, and like Ken John, and like all these men, like these straight Asian Ronnie men. Peng, like yeah. Henry yes, Golding. Who like all yeah. like embody some different aspect of Asian masculinity that does not fall into a value system of, well, to be masculine is to be more powerful or better or whatever. Because I'm like, Meanwhile, like I'm over here like writing all most of my own shit. And it's and it's it's fun and it's like no one's forcing me to do these. I don't know. It's it's Well it's it's
2: that whole like, you know, they they want us to believe that there's not room for all of us, that there's only room for like one type of representation, and that by us existing, that we're taking up space and taking it away from them. I'm just like we can all exist at the same time. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's and like I feel like like my friendship with Joel
0: is like this and like and like the, my relationship with Nuniago is is like it's never been that, like an adversarial thing where it's like well there's a scarcity mindset and it's not like it's not like we're outbidding each other on a house I'm sorry to bring that up but it's like there's, Fresh there's Williams, there, Bowen Fresh I know Williams. I know you're I know. a bitch Bowen I'm a bitch but it's like it's <laughs> like there's that is that is like the the thing that you have to recuse yourself from to be is to be like well we're all competing it's like well no like. It's 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 amazing when Joel gets something that like has nothing to do with me or might have something to do with me. It really, I don't know. We're 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 more evolved than we think we are on yeah. this. And that, that that applies for everyone. That applies for us queer Asian people in media, and it applies to the Asian men who are like, oh, woe is us. We don't have enough positive portrayals of Asian men in entertainment. When, and when we're it's also like, no, you do.
2: Different from each other. That's yes! the thing. It's just like they're like, well, you know, like the thing is like you me and joel we're probably in this will be in the same audition room
3: right absolutely but
2: it's like you know we're such different characters and actors from each other yes. it's like we could all be in the same project and we don't have to be like the token asian and you know exactly in, in that project so yeah Ugh,
0: nico you're a damn inspiration zeke you're a damn inspiration i think it's time for i don't think so honey what do you say matt
1: I would say, yeah. Okay. Um, So I Don't Think So Honey is our one minute segment that we do, which is where we take 60 seconds to rail on something in culture that we hate. Sorry, we hate. We (laughs) And um, I know that's a strong word. It's a four letter word. People don't like them, but (laughs) that's the one I'm using. So I actually have two options today and I'm going to give you guys the choice of which one I do, if you can believe this. This has never been done. Do you want to hear an I don't think so, honey, on kids going back to school or an I don't think so, honey, on Geraldo Rivera? Geraldo Rivera is going to be less of a downer, I think. That's me. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. I also think Geraldo's <laughs> such a goofball. I'm, yeah, I'm all exactly. <laughs> Geraldo, please. Okay. <laughs> okay. So
1: you like to hear Geraldo? Great. It,
0: okay, so this is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. As time starts now.
1: I don't fucking think so, honey. Geraldo Rivera, you clown. You're oh. a Fox News clown. And you're a friend of Donald Trump's. But that's not why I'm coming for you today. And if that's fucking saying something, because you're a joke. I'm coming for you today because you have sided with people who think that Ghislaine Maxwell should have been given bail. Uh, You can go fuck yourself (laughs) and I don't think so, honey. You're a ridiculous caricature with a stupid fucking mustache. But let me say something. Ghislaine Maxwell should be in prison for the rest of her life for what she has done to these girls. But let me just elaborate on why else you're a joke. Oh, You... Okay. They had to kick you out of Iraq when you were reporting there because you gave away an operation. You drew it in the sand, you idiot. Okay. Okay. They had to during the war of Afghanistan you claimed that you were in the middle of a friendly fire and you actually were 300 miles away you defended Matt Lauer by saying that news was a flirt quote a flirty business you said that Trayvon Martin would not have been killed had he not been wearing a hoodie and you literally wrote a book called exposing yourself also never forget that Bette Mittler accused you of drugging her and groping her in the early 70s you fuck shave your mustache I don't think so honey and that's one minute and 11 seconds and stop posting your nudes on
3: Twitter you don't look hot
0: gross freak
3: uh, Geraldo Rivera was also a uh, a great contestant on the Celebrity Apprentice second <gasps> place you lost to Lisa Gibbons the queen
2: <laughs> oh my also, god also I'll say this
1: if you go to if you go to that wacko Geraldo Rivera's wikipedia page that it's wacko. mostly shit that he's done wrong yeah. oh yeah
3: you didn't even get to the uh the whole Al Capone's vault where he had this like two-hour special being like, we're going to open the vault, we're going to open the vault, and then they open the vault, and there's absolutely nothing. Nothing. Oh, yes,
1: I remember this. Nothing. It it would have been a great area to acoustically sing in, because there was honey nothing. It it might as well have been called my damn shower, because the acoustics in that room were amazing, from there being nothing in it. And so that, therefore, you could sing... Therefore, you could sing beautiful. And I would say that Al Capone's vault is like Geraldo Rivera's brain, empty. And it's rule of culture 102. Al Capone's, ha- Al Capone's vault, vault is like, is Her- like Geraldo, Geraldo Rivera's, Rivera's brain, brain, empty. empty. Fuck Amazing. him. I couldn't believe he w- he would die on the hill of Ghislaine Maxwell should have bail. Bitch.
0: Not the dumbest thing he said, to be honest.
1: Yeah, but it, that's what set me off today, Bowen.
0: Oh, I see, I see. see Understand. A, we, we were both set off by Ghislaine-related things today.
1: Really? So you have a Ghislaine-related? No, 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 I'm saying I, I don't think
0: somebody's to me about Ghislaine, but my, my the thing I opened with uh, the episode oh, right. was about the Diane Warren of it all, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, well, honestly, Ghislaine Maxwell, she deserves to be pushed off a red carpet by Mariah Carey for the rest of her life. Yes. I hope that's her punishment. That she, <laughs> uh, that she for the rest of for life will be pushed off red carpets forcefully by mariah carey yes 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 that's that's a anyway punishment so at this time we will move to bowen yang who has and i don't think so any of his own yes um and are you ready bowen i'm ready i'm ready well, then your time starts now. Uh, I don't think so, honey. Instagram features rollouts. Look, I want to be
0: able to type <laughs> in my stories with a serif font, honey. I want to, w- wait a minute. Did every, anyone else's notifications thing move to their profile page to the upper right corner? Because that just, they just sort of dropped that bomb on me yesterday. And I'm still Questions to- Questions
1: during Because I don't think so, honey. Well, I'm just
0: having to rewire my muscle memory, honey, when I want to check my notifications and get that. You know, terrible serotonin boost from notifications. And now I got to extend my thumb all the way up to the upper right corner of my screen. Instagram features rollouts? I don't think so, honey. I want to be able to put a. Uh, square photo without the rounded edges. I want to be able to do all the the, the fun things on stories that I see all all the other people doing right now and I can't. Why? It's blue check oppression, sweetie. I'm being oppressed (laughs) for having (laughs) a blue check. Five seconds, okay. And that is the hill that I'm going to die on. Stop stigmatizing blue checks. And that's one minute.
1: Bowen Yang famously he feels we should stop stigmatizing wealth and yes, verification as a bit as Bowen a bit. basically metaphorically that that I don't think so honey was this pool isn't big enough. I want them I want
0: blue checks destigmatized but I also want to lose mine which therefore implies that I too uh, harbor some stigma towards blue checks.
1: Well you've been a little edgy on Twitter and Instagram lately I'm not afraid to say. Okay and what do we mean? I mean that you be on
0: Twitter. Yeah and I'm deleting I'm deleting a lot of stuff. You were so happy when you deleted it the first time. I'm tweeting and then deleting is what I'm saying. I'm tweeting shit and I'm like, I don't want people to see this. This is stupid. Mm -hmm. I just want to delete
2: Twitter. So, I've done
0: it wouldn't it be great to just do
2: I I really I really just want to it's a horrible place it's, it's horrible terrible it's
0: so bad someday someday I'll I'll pull away for good
1: anyway but I feel I need it to like tell people about this episode you know what I mean because I want yes. everyone to hear all this I want to be able to say you know in this episode we talk about fun things and also et cetera. but like then I feel like I need Twitter and the, but but also it sucks so it's a it's a conundrum catch 22 Or is that what? Yeah. Anyway, we now go. Let's let's (laughs) go. Because quarantine has not been kind to my cerebral functions. Um, We're going to go to Zeke. Zeke Smith is going to do his I don't think so, honey. And if you can believe, Zeke, if you're ready, your time
3: will start now. I don't think so, honey. Well-intentioned cis people writing scripts with trans protagonists who ask trans people to review their scripts then are oh! butthurt when we tell them they did a bad job. I'm uh-huh. sorry that you want to get like write a trendy script and win an oh! award on our behalf, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry if you're too gay and too scared to write your own goddamn coming of age slash coming out story and mm-hmm. want to like remove yourself a step from your own story by yes! writing about trans people. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, honey. There's a Bechdel test, there's a Vito Russo test, and here is Zeke's trans 30. test. Should you write a transcript a script? Um, yes or no. Are you a person, uh, um- Oh, do you, does the person do anything other than be trans? If no, don't write a script. Mm. Uh, Do you intend for a trans person to look wistfully into a mirror, imagining their authentic selves? Then say no. Uh, 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 Do you have five trans people's numbers in your phone? If not, don't write it. Uh, uh, Ah. Are you willing to hire me as a staff writer? No, don't write it. Are Ah. you a large, muscular, uh, current slash former rugby player? If not, don't waste my time. If you are that rugby player, will you have sex with me and my boyfriend? If yes, okay, you can write your script.
1: And that's one minute. Zeke's the Zeke test. The I Zeke believe test. that that test is now in the canon. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that test is now canonical. It should be. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. And for
0: rugby player screenwriters who will not commodify a trans life in their screenplay, please have sex with Zeke and Nico. Please. Yes.
3: You can find the my least email you can on do. my Twitter. Yes,
0: there you go. Reach out. Reach out. I love. Okay, I, that was perfect. The Zeke test is in. Is in the canon. Is in, I is, love that. Is in. Is in. Yes. Let's move I, on. I it's,
1: just. I, I just heard they put it in Webster's Dictionary, even oh. though it's two words.
2: You guys it's know, two are so words. words prepared. I like. I thought oh, we were just we supposed now to we get- wing this. Well you can. We both winged oh, it. Nico. Although I'll tell you,
1: this is the first time I've had notes ever because I just wanted to get correct.
0: I know all of you guys have like, notes and
2: stuff, and I'm like, I thought this was like a Okay. No, no I Nico, never Nico, had notes.
0: Nico, you and I are the are the unprepared Asians okay. and we're, we're 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 yes, that's fine. Revolutionary. <laughs> Revolutionary. Um Nico, I think I think this will be great. You're a natural performer, obviously. So this is Nico Santis's I don't think so, honey, as time starts now.
2: I don't think so, honey. That stupid video of the cakes that look ah, like yes. real things and people cutting into them. Come what on. is up with that? How <laughs> dare you oh. slander cakes in this manner, cakes are supposed to look <laughs> delicious. They're supposed to look edible, first of all. They're supposed mm, to look mm-hmm. like joyous, and you're, they're supposed to 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 sort of evoke uh, a feeling of, of of wanting to celebrate. They're not yes, supposed to seconds. look like raw chicken breasts <laughs> and a pair of Crocs or toilet paper. What the fuck is wrong with you people? First of all, mm. the focus of the cake should be making it delicious, not look like yes. other things. 15 stop seconds using fondant as a crutch okay fondant oh, is not God. delicious just focus on the damn <laughs> cake make it moist make it delicious 5 seconds and make it look like a motherfucking cake
0: and that's 1 minute you know what Boom. i think matt stop using fondant as a crutch that's rule of culture number 54
3: stop, stop using, using fondant, fondant as, as a crutch, a crutch.
1: How do you feel about the show nailed it? You must feel horrible about seeing all those cakes come out so damn bad.
2: <laughs> oh no, but we love Nicole We're, Byers. I love that. So. I, I, I do love that show, but like you see you see all these like bakers sort of like creating these elaborate cakes that look like, you know, like nothing else. And I'm just like, that doesn't look good or it doesn't look like it would taste good. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. I it's not like creative in the right way. To be to taste good
0: exactly yeah, yeah.
2: we're doing keto right now so cake has been on my mind
0: oh i'm sorry but you guys you you guys hang in there with keto
2: yeah but keto's, keto, keto is
0: one, keto's, one of the easy good. ones Keto's doable yeah yeah, yeah. you can, dip you can up, still eat you can like, dip cheese into hummus and eat that
2: yeah but i want rice I know. Oh, i love I rice. rice can
0: we have a second can we just take a moment for
1: rice Rice. rice, rice
0: transcends cultural boundaries. Right? There's, there's a rice staple dish in every, in every culture. I we love rice. I love rice. Rice. I, I want to say, um, I do want to say that that this cakes discourse is is overlapping into deep deep fake discourse a little bit. We're we're being deceived. It's subterfuge. We're, you know, we're be, we're being manipulated by higher powers and 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 evil forces to. Mistrust reality, and
1: yeah. and we got to be careful. What's sure. the new show on Netflix where the w- which is the cake show? Because there's there's not just nailed it. There's also another show. I don't know. There's another show. It's like it's called like Delicious Cakes or something. Oh, fuck. It might be
0: Delicious I, Cakes. No. Wait,
1: have you guys seen The Old Guard? I saw that last night. Yes, it was phenomenal.
0: Oh, so you good. watched it
3: without me. It's So good.
0: Oh, I mean, I'll watch, watch it again. again. This is, so
2: good.
1: This is me finding out that Bowen watched it without me as well. Uh. Well,
0: I texted you <laughs> we, the other we, night. I texted you the other night. Would you want to watch the old guard suit? And You did not respond.
2: I so was you on set. I, bitch. And I'm, Matt's I'm on making set him watch uh, the kung fu hustle tonight.
0: Oh my god! One of the well, best movies of all time. We started it last night. We then started then,
2: like, it, but time. then we got sleepy, so we <laughs> we went to bed.
0: <laughs> one of it's a It's Looney Tunes. It's you've seen it before, right,
2: Nico? Yes, yes, I love it. I love it's it.
0: Looney Tunes. It's 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 a perfect film. I love it so much. It's so great. You're gonna love. Well,
1: it. speaking of watching things. Let me tell you what you should watch. If you haven't already figured it out, a few things. Let's talk about the first thing you need to watch is Survivor. Namely, you better go back and watch. I think the Millennials Gen X is one of the best seasons of Survivor and it features an unbelievable the performance by Zeke who was literally voted out because he was too good. And it's not said enough. And Zeke, iconic Survivor castaway who wore glasses. And that is
3: representation. That is. Was I, that difficult I, to do? um well most of the time i wore my contacts uh i see but then every now and again i i would wear my glasses because especially the last time i scratched my cornea by trying to put contacts in my eyes with like sand and then i had to wear my glasses oh my god quickly like how hard is survivor it's very hard yes (laughs) it is it's very the hardest thing you've ever done Uh, uh no like uh, le-
1: like within me- you know what i mean yeah. like, like in terms of like, like a, like there's a nothing 39 else day that period. you'll do
3: that is as hard as survivor is but then like the like amount of time you're on the island yes that's very hard but then like you are tortured you go through a traumatic experience yeah and mm-hmm. it's not appreciated enough that y- how traumatized you are when you leave the island and how they don't care about your mental health afterwards unless like you are were outed or something really really bad happened, um, and then they just like send you off into the wind and people are fucked up for decades afterwards. Yeah, God. we
1: talked. We talked to pa- we had Parvati on and we talked to her about like just watching yourself in the edit. It's it's just so insane. Yeah, dissociative. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, and- watch Survivor: Millennials versus Gen X. Watch Survivor: Game Changers. And we of course say watch Disclosure: Trans Lives <sighs> on Screen on Ooh. Netflix. And that's Fantastic. not the only things where the people person who you can watch I mean Superstore which just concluded sort of concluded a tip season we didn't get the finale we did not I mean
2: like we were shut down with with one right. week left to, to film so God. they literally called us and like it's it's happening we're being shut down and Zeke and I were already um in uh in Burbank uh trying to go to the Costco huh? um, Superstore so, du- so, down so like so we we were like babe we got to go to the lot so we can clean out my trailer and oh. we went to my trailer and I was like, Oh snap, there's four rolls of toilet paper in my trailer. So I just packed it with me. And then I we walked around, uh, yeah, our, we walked our store around set the store to, to try to find the toilet paper.
3: And then we ran into a oh props person God. and they were like, That shit went that shit went a week ago. No. There's no, no toilet paper, no, no. paper. No. Toilet paper no. oh.
1: or cloud nine. And so that finale was supposed to be America's last
2: episode, right? Yes, so now she will be joining us for the first episode of season six, and Wonderful. and hopefully for the second episode as well. We're, we're going to try and you know give her the the proper send off that, the that send-off she
1: deserves at that, that a television icon like America Ferrera deserves. Yes. Do so, you
2: love her? She's amazing and she's the best. Like everybody in that cast, like I yeah. You know, I, I I don't know what I did in, in a former life, but truly between Superstore and Crazy Witch Asians, like those two families that I've gotten from working in those projects have been phenomenal and, and I've changed my life. So I'm just really grateful for
0: it. You, des- you deserve it more than really anybody. I mean, God, like you deserve it. And uh, wait a minute, before we move on from Superstore, Ben Feldman, what a cutie.
2: I mean, Cutie I'm
0: into it. Cutie Patootie. Uh-huh. He's
2: like my bigger my big brother, so I don't see him that way, but he is quite handsome. Yeah. Okay. He would if him, he would definitely
1: I love that. <laughs> He's one of those. He, he can. Mm-hmm.
0: He's one of those. Now you um, put it in
1: my mind and I'm going to think about it. Um, uh-oh. okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, you guys, thank you so so much for coming and doing the show. Thank you
2: so much for having me. Yeah, us. thanks for having me. This has been amazing. It's good to see you. We your love faces. it. I know you too.
0: We were looking forward to this truly for weeks. I'm and what a fantastic episode. We love you very much. We hope we see you soon.
2: Yeah. Let's you know what? If you're if you guys are down for it, let's totally do like a social distance hang.
0: Okay. We've been
2: yeah, we can do a social distance love.
1: Palm Springs week yeah
2: oh my, god. oh my god i was
1: i was just there and it was so nice it was yeah. great you we were there last, last, week. We were there last yeah. week last week yeah i think i was about there about three four weeks ago but it really was just nice to just did you get to go to like a restaurant and everything no, no, we
2: just stayed in the pool. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that, but yeah. also like they the restaurants were like very much open there. I don't know what they're doing now with now that California is a shit show, but this was like four weeks ago when it was still ex- like sort of acceptable. So we would sit very far away with everyone masks on. It was just nice to be in a restaurant again. You forgot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> no, um, on that fucking note, I'm happy we started on death and are ending on quarantine.
0: Love it. We love it, and but that's that's the grounding force. Um, we end every episode with a song,
1: Matt, don't we? We do.
2: How do, How do I
1: get through a night life without, without you? you? If I had to live without you, you, what kind of life would that would I be? be? Oh, oh, Etc. If you want to hear that song, listen to the Leanne Rhymes version or the Trisha Yearwood version, nominated for an Oscar because it was in the movie Con Air, which is real. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yay! <laughs>
0: You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged,
1: chaotic night out.
0: and creativity visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms.
1: happy pride from tomboy x we just
0: dropped our pride 24 collection queer founded queer run and creating size and gender
1: inclusive underwear swimwear and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin visit tomboyx.com to shop